Welcome to Better Edge, a Northwestern medicine podcast for physicians. I'm Melanie Cole, and joining me today is Dr. Richard Green. He's a professor of medicine in the Division of Gastroenterology and Hepatology at Northwestern Medicine, and he's here to discuss nanoparticles in liver disease. Dr. Green, it's a pleasure to have you with us. This is fascinating, such an interesting topic. Can you first start telling us a little bit about nanotechnology? Although it's not really a new concept, it's gained significant momentum in the last few years. What is a nanoparticle? How's it being used in medicine? Give us a little evolution of this. So nanotechnology is a field that's been around for several decades. And it's a science and engineering and technology of particles at a very small scale. The scale is 1 to 100 nanometers. And to put it in perspective, a nanometer is a billionth of a meter. So it's a near atomic scale. And recently, it's developed several applications, both promising and now approved, where it can be applied to uh, drug delivery in medicine, imaging, and diagnostics. That is so interesting. And so it's got these unique properties and utility for nanoparticles that are, you just mentioned delivery of various drugs, nucleic acids. Tell us a little bit about liver disease and where you think it might apply there. Well, one of the advantages is that it can target an organ such as the liver. And by delivering more of a drug or a nucleotide to the liver, you get a greater effect and you often get less side effects because there's less systemic targeting. So in order to target to the liver, it depends on what you're trying to do therapeutically. You can target to what are stellate cells to prevent fibrosis. You can target it to hepatocytes, which are the primary liver cells. And it's actually been used successfully in an FDA-approved medication three years or four years ago in 2018. There's a rare disease called hereditary transthyretin-mediated amyloidosis, and it's a liver disease, although it does not cause liver failure. And what the problem with this disease is, and it often requires liver transplantation, is the liver secretes an abnormal protein called transthyretin. And Over time, this can injure nerves, the heart, or the kidneys. So although the abnormal protein is in the liver, the damage is to other organs and systemically. So in 2018, an RNA interference, which basically is a nanoparticle that has the properties, we often use silencing RNA to decrease the amount of gene expression. And there was an FDA-approved medication patisserin, where the liver takes up this medication at very high levels. It has low systemic absorption and side effects, and it allows the liver to produce less of this protein and therefore less injury to the other organs. As I said, this is actually an indication for liver transplantation, and with effective technology such as this nanotechnology, it is the hope that we can treat this disease much earlier before the complications to the nerves, liver, I'm sorry, nerves, kidney, and heart, and therefore prevent the need for liver transplantation. Isn't this so interesting? What an exciting time to be in your field researching this particular topic. Now, are those liver nanoparticles similar to the recently developed COVID-19 mRNA vaccines? Is there a correlation there? 
Although there are many types of nanoparticles, one of the most commonly used, often a gold nanoparticle, will often increase or decrease the amount of RNA. RNA is the expression of a nucleotide that's translated into a protein. And what the uh, recently developed mRNA vaccines do is they take the mRNA for what's called the spike protein on COVID-19. It's surrounded with a lipid to kind of protect the mRNA. And you give an injection and the body actually makes the spike protein of COVID-19. And that allows you to develop a immune response and therefore uh, be resistant to the very harmful effects of COVID-19. So it's a direct application using RNA technology. As I understand it, Dr. Green, and as a result of their various advantages, biocompatibility, imaging contrastability, drug delivery, as you said, there's great potential for diagnosis and therapy in various liver diseases. How are you using it in therapies for liver disease at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us a little bit about what's going on. As I mentioned, there is an FDA-approved drug for hereditary transthyretin-mediated amyloidosis. We and at other institutions are essentially developing drugs where you can treat either the complications of liver disease or the liver disease. We can direct therapy to the primary liver cell called the hepatocyte and cut down inflammation there, or make it produce a protein that may help the liver regenerate, or a commonly uh, used approach would be to target what are called stellate cells. The development of scarring in the liver, and severe scarring is called cirrhosis, is really the final pathway to injury the liver in a whole host of diseases. So if we can prevent this scarring or fibrosis, It's kind of the holy grail of liver disease because whether the liver disease is caused by a viral disease or a metabolic disease or alcohol or any other cause of liver disease, preventing that scarring will prevent the progressive liver disease, need for liver transplantation, and liver cancer. Can you tell us some of the challenges, Dr. Green, and perspectives in the translational application of these nanoparticles from bench to bedside? Are there side effects? What are we seeing in the research and the studies? Well, I think now's an exciting time because nanotechnology has been around for several decades, and its application, its translational applications to medicine are really emerging in several different areas. The ideal way to treat a liver disease would to be develop a drug or a therapy that goes directly to the liver and it has no systemic effect on other organs and therefore very few side effects. And going back probably three decades, there have been approaches using something called a silogalactoprotein or various viruses like adeno-associated virus where we can target the liver particularly. However, these do not offer the advantage of having what we would call designed cargo. Cargo, just like there's cargo in a ship, is what we load the nanoparticles with. So you can use a drug in a nanoparticle, and you can hopefully target to the liver. For instance, you can make it look like a HDL particle, which is the good type of cholesterol. It's taken up into the liver because there's a lot of the receptors there. And your cargo can be either a drug, it could be a chemotherapy, or it could be a drug to prevent inflammation in the liver. 
And it also offers the possibility of RNA either expressing genes or knocking down genes, which is a very emerging and highly promising approach to nanotechnology. Wow. Well, I would certainly like you to join us again and update us as you learn more. And before we wrap up, what therapies do you see happening in the future for treating liver disease and not only nanoparticles? Just tell us what's really exciting in your field and why you feel it's important. Referral to Northwestern Medicine is such a great idea. With medicines to treat hepatitis B and hepatitis C, which are viral infections, We've been able to halt the progression or actually cure hepatitis C in patients who have this and prevent the development of fibrosis. And we have a very active therapeutic group here at Northwestern in viral hepatitis, in hepatitis B, and hepatitis C, which are very common chronic infections. In fact, there's hundreds of millions of people in the world with hepatitis B. In addition, we have several people here, me included, that are interested in fatty liver. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is the most common liver disease in the country now and in all Western countries because it goes with diabetes and obesity, and there's an epidemic of obesity and diabetes in this country. And in fact, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease will be the leading indication for liver transplant very shortly. So we are doing clinical trials because there's no effective medical therapy. The only therapy is really weight loss. We're doing several clinical trials in this disease in order to develop first-line therapy to prevent disease progression. We're also interested in what are called cholestatic liver diseases. They're a little rarer, but there's probably a quarter of a million people in America with either primary sclerosing cholangitis or primary biliary cholangitis in which the bile is not secreted well. You get secondary liver injury and ultimately liver failure. And again, we have a group who treat the complications of this, but more so we're doing clinical trials to prevent this disease or prevent this disease from progressing. Ideally, we would want a cure, but if we can have an effective therapy, that would be a huge advance of the field with cure being further down the road. Thank you so much, Dr. Green. This was such a fascinating topic. Thank you again for joining us and to refer your patient. Or for more information, please visit our website at breakthroughsforphysicians.nm.org slash gastro to get connected with one of our providers. That concludes this episode of Better Edge, a Northwestern medicine podcast for physicians. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Northwestern medicine podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.